0: Welcome to the Beeson Podcast coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla.
1: Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I am Doug Sweeney here with my co host Kristen Padilla, and we are excited to have a returning guest and beloved Beeson professor on the show with us today to discuss his new book. Let me make just two announcements before we introduce our guest. First, our Lay Academy of Theology begins on September 28th, and due to COVID 19, all of our Lay Academy courses will be offered online this semester. This is not ideal, we're a life together school, but if you live far away and are not normally able to participate in these wonderful classes aimed at friends in the community or local lay people, now you can join us and be blessed by our award-winning faculty. To learn more and even register online, go to beesondivinity.com layacademy Second, our next virtual preview day is September 25. Preview day is a great opportunity to meet and hear from faculty, staff, students, and alumni, ask questions about our degree programs and admission requirements, and learn more about Beeson Divinity School. Everyone who attends will have his or her Beeson application fee waived, so sign up at beesondivinity.com slash preview day. All right, Kristen, will you please introduce today's guest and help us dive into his excellent new book?
2: Hello, everyone. Um, We are pleased to have a returning guest and Beeson faculty member, Dr. Michael Pascarello III. He is the Methodist Chair of Divinity at Beeson Divinity School, where he also serves as the director of the Robert Smith Jr. Preaching Institute. And many of you will recognize his voice because he is the announcer of the Beeson podcast. Um, So uh, we're so glad to have our announcer on the show as our guest, talking about his brand new book called The Beauty of Preaching, God's Glory in Christian Proclamation. Welcome, Dr. Pascarello, to the Beeson podcast.
0: Thank you, Kristen and Dean Sweeney. I'm so pleased to be with you today.
2: Uh, We're glad to have you, and as we've already said, we want to talk about this excellent new book you've written, and we want to begin just by asking what sparked your interest in the beauty of preaching, and perhaps as you talk about that, you can define for us uh, what you mean by the beauty of preaching and how it's related to God's glory.
0: Yeah, I'd be glad to do that um, as briefly as I can, but to try to convey, uh, share what led me to do the book. Um, I've been a preacher for almost 40 years, and my PhD work is in the history of preaching. And so I've always wondered, what is it about preaching that is attractive and that draws people? Um, And I've really thought about that for a lot of years, and in uh, part of my doctoral work and in research and writing, as well as teaching and preaching, I recognize that God is beautiful, and the Word of God, which God speaks to us in Jesus Christ through Holy Scripture, has a certain beauty by which the glory of God shines forth. And there's, there's something about that that just draws us and attracts us and stirs in us a desire and delight and, 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 a, and a real longing for more. And it's not limited to the ideas of a sermon, and it's not limited to the style of the sermon. But the very thing itself, the word of God has, has its own particular beauty, its own form that just sort of reaches out and jazzes you. And, and you, want, you just want to say, tell me more, tell me more, and you pay attention.
1: Mike, why do you think so few preachers think a lot about the beauty of preaching? And, and even uh, professional homileticians, people who teach others about preaching, tend not to focus on the beauty of preaching as much as they should. How do you account for that?
0: Well, you know, we talk about God in terms of being truth, uh, beauty, and goodness. Preaching tends to put a lot of emphasis on the truth. We want to tell you something. And goodness, we want to motivate you to live in a certain way. But in the modern period, beauty is more or less fallen off the table. And uh, what's replaced it is uh, what some people call a kind of aestheticism, and I call it pretty preachy. You know, you kind of dress up the sermon by adding on some stuff that you think will make it interesting or entertaining that might, be, you know, keep people's attention. But it's not intrinsic to the sermon itself. It's just sort of the window dressing that kind of wraps the ideas and the concepts. But the beauty of God is, very, is inherent to God's very being in life and God's word. And that's a theological matter. That's not simply a style matter. And that's, that's why I think that in homiletics, this has been underemphasized for a long time.
2: The beauty of preaching deals with many different topics in relation to preaching, worship, biblical interpretation, spiritual and moral formation, pastoral ministry. I wonder if you would share a little bit about how and why you engaged with these um, other topics as they relate to the task of preaching.
0: Yeah, Kristen, that's a good question. Well, first of all, uh, to be a preacher, you need to be competent in all of those uh, disciplines. Um, And you need to be able to integrate them and pull them together as a whole. And in the classical tradition, one of the characteristics of beauty is its wholeness or its fullness, its integrity. And so what I recognized early on to talk about the beauty of preaching that I couldn't talk about preaching in isolation, but it had to be in light of the whole of our faith and the knowledge of God we receive as in God's word. And so that led me to just cross the disciplines, which is something that I thoroughly enjoy doing, and that preachers need to do if they're gonna be faithful in proclamation.
1: As a church historian, uh, Mike, I was thrilled to see the degree to which you mine the Christian tradition for help in writing this book. Uh, In fact, you used several exemplars from the history of preaching, the history of Christianity, to help make the points that you're trying to make in the book. Would you tell our listeners who um, still need to read the book, I've read it and loved it, and we want others to read it and love it. But before they do, let them know uh, which folks from the tradition did you raise up as exemplars, and why did you pick these people uh, in the writing of this book?
0: Yeah, well, uh, one of my teachers, when I was a doctoral student, said that... uh, in the Western church, if you're going to talk about beauty, you have to begin with Augustine. And so, uh, and I've been reading and drawing from Augustine's wisdom in my work and my teaching and my writing for a long time. So I went to him because, you know, when when he was converted, he writes in the Confessions that he refers to God as beauty and, you know, and, and, and who, who had loved him and had drawn him to himself, and he was just taken by God and the beauty that he saw in Jesus Christ. Um, And so I, I spent a lot of time with Augustine trying to understand his vision of God's glory and the way that it's manifested in the beauty of Christ, who is the very form that God's beauty takes as our fully divine and fully human Lord and Savior. So I have two chapters on Augustine. I could have written more. I could have actually written the whole book around him. There's just so much to do. I also chose to include John Wesley because I'm a Wesleyan, and uh, Wesley had a way of looking at reality. He liked uh, that it's a, that's aesthetic. Uh, he likes to talk about seeing and perceiving. Um, he was a, He was a contemporary of your friend, Jonathan Edwards, and they, they use a lot of sim, similar language about, of, about seeing and about God's beauty and how God's beauty shines through God's love and how it manifests itself in us and the beauty of holiness in particular. So I found an, it was a wonderful opportunity to really revisit my own tradition and look at it from a, a different angle and to, uh, to uh, include a chapter on Wesley, and I would hope that Wesleyans would find it to be very helpful. And then I did a chapter on Martin Luther, who typically, as you know as a Lutheran, uh, is not associated with beauty. Uh, the modern theologian who's written most about beauty, Hans von, Er, er von Baldazar, a Catholic theologian, in his uh, The Glory of the Lord says that Luther has absolutely nothing to offer in terms of a theology of beauty, and that 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 tradition just sort of jumps over Luther and skips him completely. But a really fine Lutheran scholar named Mark Mattis wrote a book on, on Luther's theology of beauty, a reappraisal, And it came out as I was writing the book and I already put together the chapter on Luther because in just in my reading of Luther, especially in his commentaries on the Psalms, I found that beauty language just abounds. It's everywhere. And so Mattis just encouraged me to go forward and use that chapter. I think the difficult thing in writing the book is all the other people that I could have included but couldn't. And that was the most difficult thing. In trying to decide who to include. And as you said, they're exemplars. My hope is the book will encourage others to uh, continue in this kind of work and find more exemplars and figures, both past and present, who can contribute to the beauty of preaching.
2: Mike, I wonder if you could say um, a little bit about what you hope preachers will gain from your book, and perhaps even some uh, things that you're trying to correct uh, with preaching today that you hope will be helpful to preachers.
0: Yeah, Kristen, thank you. Um, I'll I, I have to say that what's most important to me is that if they read the book, they will love God more truly and more deeply, and that they will just be in awe of God, of the beauty of God, and the glory of God. Uh, that's that's my first hope, that it will be good for them in their formation as pastors, as Christians, and uh, spiritually it will benefit them and edify them. The second thing uh, is I hope that it would encourage them to, to be able to resist the fierce temptation to make preaching utilitarian because beauty in its essence is useless. It simply is, and it doesn't have to justify itself. When we see something that's beautiful, we're just taken by it. We're drawn to it. We're attracted to it. We delight in it. We don't say, is it useful? We see a a baby and the beauty of, of new life that shines forth from that baby. Do we ask ourselves, well, how is that baby useful to us? We don't do that. We just enjoy the beauty of the baby. Well, I hope preachers will see that the word of God is like that. It really is useless. And in being useless in its beauty, it actually is free to do God's work in and with and through us, rather than us trying to control it.
1: What about your own personal life, Mike? Has has your research on this book, has your writing of the book, has your thinking about the topic of the beauty of preaching uh, benefited your spiritual life? Helped you in your preaching? Has it uh, made your life, uh, your discipleship, or your preaching
0: more beautiful? Well, Doug, I have. I'll confess, it's been it's been life changing for me, um, and I. I the book, writing the book was delayed several times because of uh, family matters. And so I spent more time on this than any book that I've written in the past. And so I lived with it for a long time. And, um, and so it was more than just research and writing in an academic way. It really took on a very personal dimension. And it opened my eyes to, to see God in his, in his goodness and um, God in His glory in ways that I just had not seen previously, and I really did fall in love with God, and and be able, and also am much more able to appreciate the beauty of God's goodness that I see in everyday life and in my life and the lives of other people, and uh, and so yeah, I, I have to say I was somewhat surprised at the real the deep impact it's had on me personally but I'm thankful. I'm deeply thankful.
2: Well, Doug and I would like to encourage you who are listening to go out and get this book. Um, It is now available on Amazon and wherever else you buy books. Um, It's called the beauty of preaching God's glory and Christian proclamation. Uh, We are so grateful that you have written this book, uh, Dr. Pascarello. And we always want to end our podcast. And just by hearing uh, the good work that God's doing in your life these days, Uh, We are recording uh, today's episode at the end of week two of classes at Beeson Divinity School, and I know you are teaching, um, you're in the classroom. Uh, Could you just share a word of what God is doing in your life and and teaching you these days?
0: Oh, sure. I'd be glad to. I'm teaching two courses this semester, History and Doctrine uh, from John Calvin to John Wesley, and then Pastoral Theology. Both classes are good. Uh, the students are very invested in what we're doing, and even though we have, you know, certain restrictions because of COVID and we have a protocol we need to follow, it doesn't really seem to be inhibiting us or holding us back at all, and, uh, and it really is a joy uh, uh, to be back in the classroom. I'm really thankful that we've been able to, you know, we're able to be together once again.
1: I am too, and I am grateful to you, Dr. Pasquarello, for writing this book on the beauty of preaching and being with us again on the show to let our listeners hear about it. Listeners, you have been listening to Dr. Michael Pasquarello, the Methodist Chair of Divinity at Beeson Divinity School and the Director of our Robert Smith, Jr. Preaching Institute. He is a dear friend and a cherished colleague, and we sure are grateful to him for being with us. We're grateful to all of you for listening. And for your prayers as we continue to navigate classical theological education during COVID-19. We're praying for you. We appreciate your support. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye for now.
2: You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at Beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes.